Our love for God, our love. It's complex. It's complex. It's wonderful. It can even be complicated. It can be messy. Our love. And the reason it can be messy, messy and complicated is because we're messy. We're complicated. Our love with one another can be messy and complicated and wonderful and complex and multifaceted. But it's still our love. It's still the love that's coming from us. And I don't know that any of us have cornered the market on how to do this perfectly. I think we're pretty good at it. But I think it's one of those things that we've spent several weeks talking about because this is one of those areas we need to grow in. So our church has some key pillars, pillars that, that are important to us. It has to do with our vision. It has to do with our mission. It has to do with who we want to be. And, and these three pillars are as follows. Number one, profound love for God. It starts with, a, with a, just a ridiculous love for God. A rich, a deep, a phenomenal love for God. Not something surface level. That's why we inserted that word profound in there. We want it to be rich. So from that place of loving God, we're limitless in what we can do, in the ways we can love each other, in the ways we can love the world. But it starts there. And so we've taken several weeks to have this series, Complexity of Love. Profound love for God is pillar number one. Genuine love for his church. Genuine love for one another. Here's what that means. We're not, we're not stupid. We get it. We're going to tick each other off. We're going to rub each other the wrong way. We're going to offend each other. We're going to insult each other. Usually, unintentionally, sometimes intentionally. I don't know. I mean, during football season, sure. I want you guys to know. Holy Spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit of, of self-control is like thriving in my life because I've been wanting to wear a Raiders hoodie like it, like every week and I haven't done it yet. Genuine love for his church. We, we ha we're, it's not supposed to be this, how you doing, brother? Blessed, blessed. How you doing, sister? Blessed, blessed. It's not like a, like a vampire. Blessed, blessed. We're supposed to be real. How you doing, man? Ah, some good, some bad. Tell me about it. What do you want to tell me first? Let me tell you the good first. Okay, now tell me about the bad. Okay, let me tell you the good. Like life, authentic, genuine. Profound love for God, genuine love for his church, and demonstrative love for his lost. The world, those who don't know Jesus, the Bible refers to them as lost. You know, Kara talked about having a hole, like having a hole inside of us, and, and God being that, the filler of that hole. We're supposed to demonstrate a love to the Lord that they're like, huh, that's not just nice people. I've met nice people. These aren't just nice people. They, they got something that I don't have. They got a relationship with God that I kind of envy. It's pretty wonderful. We're supposed to demonstrate it. I, I don't care how we demonstrate it because the Bible says, let your good works be seen before man, so that your God in heaven might be glorified. So our kindness, I don't want to hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. 
you know, being around the preschool all the time, I go home with lots of songs, lots of songs. Uh, little rabbit trail. I was spending some time with the Lord yesterday, and I'm like, my God, you're so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Because that's one of the songs that the kids sing every day at preschool. So we're, we've been talking about love. Our love can be messy. Our love can be complicated. But I want to let you know, God's love for us is perfect. Because he's perfect. Right? God's love for us is dependable. Take it to the bank. It is dependable. It is reliable. He is present. Because he's reliable and perfect and dependable and present. God never fails, so his love for us never fails. God never grows weak, so his love for us never grows weak. God never sleeps, so his love for us never sleeps. Because God isn't just loving, what is he? He is love. See, love is not just a trait of his. God is love. God can't help but love, because God is love. God shows us, and he tells us in his word, how to love him. So I'm not going to recap the, the last three weeks of messages. If you haven't seen them, go back and listen to them. Andy preached um, a great message last week, so full of heart about commitment. The week before that, when Karen and I were in Wichita, uh, Dave Powers talked about passion. Then the week before that, I talked about intimacy. We can be intimate with God because he has demonstrated intimacy and friendship and vulnerability to us. We can be passionate about God because he has perfectly demonstrated passion to us. So we can go, oh, I know what to aim for now. I know what that looks like now. I'm going to try and be like him. Commitment? Come on. not just a one-time thing. It didn't just take place at the cross. In our lives, he demonstrates commitment to us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And Andy last week said, you know, what does never mean? Never. But when will he leave us? Never. When will he run out on us? Never. You know, um, years ago, Years ago, there was someone that that uh, I did church with, and she worked with the kids. And I heard her say something, and, and I kind of questioned her on it. I said, because she said she was telling the kids, um, I, I'm, a, my, you know, my father is a king, and that makes me a princess. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm with you so far. And, man, my God loves me so much, he never tells me no. So, like, I, I pulled her aside in a place, you know, that was like with Kara there. And provided some correction, and I said, did you, did I hear you right? Did you said God never tells you no? She's like, that's right. He loves me so much. I'm like, then he doesn't love you at all. Because a good father says no. A good father says no when, when the answer should be no. And a good father says yes when the answer should be yes. And the good father says not yet. When the timing's not in alignment with him. 
those are usually our answers from God. Yes, no, not yet. I'm like, if God never tells you no, that makes you a spoiled brat. And you're in for a very hard life, so quit teaching this to our kids. You can't teach them that, because that's not true. That's not what Scripture says. In fact, it says he corrects and disciplines those he loves. God shows us how to love. God tells us how to love. And quite honestly, I think as people, I think we should kind of, I think we should do the same. Our, our motives are a little different. When we tell people how to love us, it's very much like self-benefiting. Like, I know me better than Kara knows me, so I tell Kara how to love me. I, I, you know, I tell her, hey, I know you love cards. I don't really love cards. So I will love you with a Hallmark card, but I don't need a Hallmark card. That's six ninety nine. We'll never get back. I'm like, then just, just like, hug me for ten seconds longer. Tell me, tell me you love me. En encourage me as a, as a man. Like, edify my spirit, and I don't need the cards. I, I tell her how, to, how I need to be loved, and she tells me how she needs to be loved. I don't care if it's six ninety nine or eight ninety nine or twelve ninety nine. I don't care if it's Hallmark or Papyrus or Papyrus, whatever the thing with the little hummingbird that costs twenty dollars for the card. She's like, I need that card. And then I need you to write about seven paragraphs. <laughs> this tells me how much you love me. Our God tells us how to love him, but here's the thing, it's not self benefiting, it's us benefiting. When he tells us in his word how to love him, it's because he knows it will benefit us. It will strengthen us. It will inspire us. He wants us to thrive. So he says, love me in this way and you will thrive. If we want to have a strong, a fulfilling, and fruitful love for God, then our expressions of love that we're comfortable with, that are our go-tos, are not enough. I hate the saying, you know, I am enough. I, I hate the teaching, I am enough. I am enough, I am enough. And I'm like, no, you're not. None of us are. Without Jesus, none of us are. Without Jesus, I'm not enough. I am flawed. You didn't see me yesterday when I lost my temper. I'm not enough. I'm flawed. But with Jesus, I'm more than enough. That's what the t-shirts would say. Our love is not enough. So Jesus says, here's how I want you to love me. And here's something we see in his word about how to love her, to love him. Honor. Respect. Jesus asks us to love him with honor because it will cause us to thrive. So that's what I'll be teaching on today. Revering, honoring, respecting God. The church is given a very precious title. Do you know what it is? Bride. We, as the church, not we as individuals, not we as segmented, um, dangling participles, we as the church are called the bride. The word 
The word for church that's used most often throughout the New Testament is ekklesia, which is the gathering, together. The church is called his bride. What an affectionate term. There's only one person in the world that I call my bride. There's only one person in the world that I call my wife. It's precious. It's exclusive. It's beautiful. And he calls us his bride, and he called the bridegroom. John the Baptist breaks down um, this, this uh, analogy, or not just even analogy, this title, quite clearly in the book of John. Um, and just so you know, when there's a lot of Johns, I like to bring a little bit of clarity. Uh, the book of John was written by John, the follower of Jesus, John, the disciple, John, the apostle, not John the Baptist. Okay, so this is John the Baptist talking, and John the Apostle's writing about it, and so we're reading, so different Johns, but this is what John the Baptist has to say in John 3, 28 and 29. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. This is John the Baptist talking. The one who has the bride is what? The bridegroom, rocket science. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. We are the bride. John the Baptist is the friend of the bridegroom. And I love that he speaks, he's referring to himself in third person. I, I, and I, my mind goes to, like, how often does he refer to himself in the third person? Like, after this, would you like, the friend of the bridegroom is hungry. Fish sandwich sounds pretty good to the friend of the bridegroom. Friends of the friends of the bridegroom, you guys with me? Let's go. I don't know. I just like the third person. We are his bride. Revelation 19, 7 through 8 says this. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen bright and pure for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints we are the bride we must get ready for the bridegroom so how do we get ready for Jesus. We will get to those deeds in, in just a moment. But first, let me drive this home. For us to get ready for Jesus, for us, the bride, to get ready for Jesus, it is absolutely about the condition of our hearts. I'm going to talk about works in a little bit. I'm going to talk about actions, and they are important but I need to drive this home. It's about the condition of our hearts. It's about affection and not obligation. We've said that every week in the midst of this series. Our love for God is not about obligation and religion. Our obedience to the Lord is not about obligation and religion. Our obedience and our affection, they're overflows of our love and they're overflows of our honor. When we honor one another, it just flows. When we set our hearts to love one another, it just flows. I don't have to 
work something up. When, when I love you, it just flows. When I honor you, it just flows. Love, love, love. The passage in Romans 12 that says, outdo one another in showing honor. We're to honor. It's just supposed to flow. But we are to honor God. And we're going to see in a moment here that Jesus asks us in very specific ways to honor him, how to honor him. So turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to Ephesians chapter 5. And, and trust in your ability to multitask while you're, you're turning there. Um, say this with me just so that you, so that I know we're on the same page. Say, I am the bride. I am the wife. Men, did you say, did, I, some of the men didn't say, like, I ain't saying that. Yeah, you say, I am the bride, dudes. I am the wife. Jesus is the head. Okay? So we're going to pick up in Ephesians 5, 21. Uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Um, I'm going to pause real quick. The better translation of that specific verse is wives, with your husbands, submit to the Lord. Okay? Now we're going to come here in a second where it says wives, submit to your husbands. And it means exactly that. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But right here, it's saying, submit to one another. Did you know that we're supposed to submit to one another as we do to Christ? Do you know that there's benefit to us submitting to one another? This garbage about, about some of us being on a pedestal and, and some of us being like um, the laity. What a, what a crummy word, the laity. Some, church, some pastors will stand up here and talk about their church being the laity. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, no, we're in this together. We're, we're, the, we're the body. We're the bride. I just get to use this gifting I have of getting up and talking about Jesus. Does that make sense? What is your gifting? Because you are not exempt. You do not have a pass. Whatever your giftings are, you got to use them for the glory of God. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm standing up here using the gifting he gave me for the glory of God. Picking back up for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. That one's translated spot on. You don't, you're not out on that one, wife. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her Having cleansed, I'm going to pause real quick. I want to make sure that we're not missing this because a lot of times we just automatically shift gear to he's talking to husbands, I'm really listening. He's talking to wives, now I'm really listening. Do it, babies. Like, do what it says. Or wives, you're the same way. Yeah, love me better. But I, I want to stop right here because we can't let it escape that this message is two parts in its meaning. Yes, it is talking to husbands and wives. Absolutely. But it's also talking about kingdom relationship that we are the bride and that he is the perfect bridegroom, okay? Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle 
or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Come on, friends. Tell me that's not completely the work of Jesus Christ right there. It's beautiful. In the same way, husbands should show their wives or should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Has there ever, 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 yes is no. Not a trick question. Yes, it's going to be no. Has there ever been a person that's better exemplified this than Jesus Christ and the love that he has for us and the sacrifice of his body for us? Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Listen to this sentence. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Therefore a man shall leave his father. Did Jesus leave his father in heaven to come to earth? You came from heaven to earth to show the way. Did, did Jesus leave his mother? Yeah. He hung on the cross. He died. Some of his last words were speaking to John saying, son, there is your, your mother, woman, there is your son. Take care of my mom. And he left her. And we are now one flesh with Jesus because of his completed work of obedience and sacrifice. Isn't that phenomenal? Hey, so let's cling to that part that is absolutely kingdom and let's cling to this part that's talking. Husbands, I'm challenging you. Wives, I'm challenging you. Come on, I've demonstrated it. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let the wife see that she honors and respects her husband. And this is where I pull the heart of this message today. Wives. Brides. Brides. Wives. To adequately love Jesus, there has to be honor. So how do we honor Jesus? Oh, we just we just say with our lips, Lord, I honor you and I love you. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that we now know how to honor you. But that's one way Christians do. Oh, yeah, I honor Jesus. Oh, yeah, how do you honor Jesus? With honor. Okay, what does that look like? Well, I honor him. It's spelled out for us so clearly in the word. And we're going to go through six well, more than six verses, but there'll be six points that I'm going to go through pretty quickly. But the Word of God tells us how to honor Him. And I'm telling you right now that, that without action, our love is weak. Without honor and action and work, it's not honor. Honor has to do something. Honor has to convey or communicate or do something for it to be honor. I can't say I honor you and that I never honor you. You can't say you honor me and you never honor me. 
We're to build each other up, that's all. We're to encourage and, and uplift one another, that's all. I love raving about people. I love raving about, about y'all. That's honoring. It was really cool when, when I was, at, Karen and I were at Redemption City last week and we were worshiping because um, Chris and, uh, and Cheryl Smith are planting a church. This is their first week down in, in the Highlands Ranch area. And there were seven families from Redemption City that went and planted with them. So we went to Redemption City to honor them to be a part of that service, to pray over them as they were being sent out. And, and it was funny because Karen and I got there way early. We just we wanted to be there early and just hang out with people. So we set our seats like in the fourth row. And um, I went to the bathroom. And at one point, TK came in the bathroom. He's like, oh, hey, we moved the stuff to the front row. You need to be on the front row, th row with us. So let me talk like for five minutes in the bathroom. It was No, it was wonderful. I don't know. I, I, th I see why women do it now. We had privacy. There was a cool echo. We did a little doo-wop singing, you know. We didn't sing. Um, but uh, how cool is that? Like, how honoring is that? He's like, yeah, I moved the stuff to the front row. I, I want you to be up there. And then he stood up and said, hey, I want to thank Impact Rock Church. And he honored you. I want to thank Impact Rock Church. They opened the doors to us. We were in a tough spot where this other place bailed on us. And they opened up their building to us. And they, they gave us a code. And they let us come and go. And they, they brought in part of their team to run sound. And he, they, he just honored us. He honored you. Impact Rock Church. And it was cool. We're to honor one another. But it takes action. Not lip service. Guys, we, we're real good at the lip service. It's about this. It's about the condition of our heart. When we serve, when we honor, when we love, it's about making sure this is right, so now what flows from it is good. And, and if it's not right, it's not about us now doing a bunch of works to get right. It's about being with Jesus saying, Jesus, I just feel a little wrecked. I just feel a little angry. Jesus, I just, I, I know I don't feel right right here, so would you just create in me a clean heart? Would you renew a right spirit within me? And we, we just get along with Jesus. We let him fill up our heart. Then we proceed. Does that make sense? We must honor God with sincerity of heart. And true honor demands action. James 2.24, I'm sorry, James 2.14 says this. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but he does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed in lacking in daily food and one of you says to them go in peace be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead now just so you know at the beginning of this when he's talking about does that kind of faith save you he's not talking about the faith in jesus christ that's not what he's talking about because that faith does save you. We're to have works, but we're not to put our faith in our works. But we are to work. If we didn't have works, this would be sales brutal on Sunday morning. It'd just be a mess. If I just showed up here and winged it, I stink at winging it. 
I, I was a youth pastor for years, and there were times I wasn't prepared, and I would wing it, and it was garbage. It was horrible. I stink at winging it. We didn't have someone back there working sound and tech and media and, and getting this live stream. This will be a mess. Works are needed for us to experience this, but also works are needed for us to reach our community, for us to reach our neighbors, for us to reach the lost. All right, so what does God say about how to honor him? How does Jesus ask to be honored? What does he want? How does he want to be honored? And keep in mind, I'm going to say it again, Jesus asks these things not for selfish reasons, although we would probably ask for selfish reasons. Hey, I want to be honored for this way because it makes me feel really good. I want to be honored this way. I mean, I want to be loved this way because it makes me feel really good. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but that's not why Jesus lists this. He lists these things because he's like, I want you to thrive. And if you will honor me in these ways, you will thrive. And that's all I want. Okay? Number one, Jesus asks to be honored with our trust and vulnerability. Jesus wants to be honored with our trust and our vulnerability. Psalm 15, I'm sorry, Psalm 50, 15 says this. Honor me by trusting in me in your day of trouble. Cry aloud to me and I will be there to rescue you. Friends, it don't get any clearer than that. Honor me by trusting me. Let me, let me, let me scan the audience real quick. Making sure. Let me look on back there. Camera. Okay, yes, we have room full of strong people. I see a room full of gifted people. I see a room full of wonderful people. But you're not the strong one in this relationship. You're not the, the, the wonderful one in this relationship. It's God. And we have to trust him. And in doing so, it honors him. And when we are weary or low or whatever, we cry out to him. Number two, Jesus asks to be honored as Lord and Master. By the way, it's totally appropriate for us to ask ourselves in the midst of this message, which I really hope stings a little. I'm just being honest with you. I hope it stings a little. I hope it moves us to action. I hope it stings a little because we usually don't make change without pain. We just don't. We experience pain. Then we decide to make change because we don't want to be in pain anymore. So I'm hoping this is a little painful. I'm just being honest. I, I really do. And Jesus is really okay with this. He wants to grow us and change us. He wants us to trust him and be vulnerable with him. Number two, he wants to be honored as Lord and Master. He wants to be honored as Lord and Master. 1 Peter 3.15, but give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one, Jesus, and treat him as the holy master of your lives. Once again, man, can this be any clearer? And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith. And I'm not talking about dissertation. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about this is how God has changed my life. Why, you ask me why I believe in God. You ask me why I place my faith in Jesus Christ alone. Because I was a stinking mess. And I called upon his name. And daily he's changing me. If you, I'm just 
I'm not there yet. Man, I'm way past where I was when I called out. He's saving me daily. He saved me, but he's saving me daily as I'm walking with him. That's all you got to say. You don't even got to quote a scripture. You just got to rave about Jesus. Number three, and I know I'm going quick. So if you know what's my notes, I can email it to you later. Just let me know, and I'll, I'll email you my notes. Jesus asked to be honored with our wealth and our best. Proverbs 3, 9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. When are we going to stop giving God our trash? Hey, Lord, I didn't finish this. Do you want the rest of this piece of chicken? Just get some meat left of the bone, put the ribs there. You want the rest of this chicken? I ate most of it, but there's still some good meat on there. He's asking us to trust him, to honor him with our wealth and our first fruits. This is, once again, the condition of our heart. This is the condition of our heart. So let's, let's, let's now carry this over to our families. This is really good. I want to honor my wife with the wealth of my love. I want to honor my children with the wealth of my love. I want to honor them with the first fruits of my love, which is challenging because you work a full day and then you come home. And of course, we're like, man, how do I still give them the wealth of my love? After a long day, how do I still give them the first fruits? So that it starts with asking God, Lord, how can I honor my family in this way? How can I love them with abundance and richness? God's bigger. His ways are not our ways. But I'm telling you guys right now, if our mindset and our heart is to give him our scrap guy, here's 20 bucks. Here's 20 bucks for the offering. 20, 20 bucks. I can't even, like, it's 15 bucks to order a Chipotle burrito and, um, Chips and guac. I know that because I ordered it last night, and that was a mistake. Man, that was rough. Man, honor the Lord. Look at this amazing promise. I, I read verse 9. Verse 10 says, if we do this, if we honor the Lord with our wealth and the first fruits of all our produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's a party I want to go to abundance he said honor me first number four jesus asked to be honored with serving and obedience deuteronomy 10 12 and 13 says this and now israel what does the lord your god require of you but to fear the lord your god to revere the lord your god to honor that's what that word means it's not fear like ah it's revere it's honor the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for what? For what? For your good. He's saying, serve me and it'll be for your good. Obey me and it'll be for your good. Have this amazing expression of love the way I am asking you to love me and it'll be for your good. And once again, condition of the heart, not obligation, not religion, not checklist. Affection. You guys getting this? John 12, 26 says this. If anyone saves me, he must follow me. 
and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will do what? Will honor me. You want to know the best way to know if you're following Jesus or not? Look around and if Jesus ain't to be seen, you're, you're probably, he's nearby because he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's just probably facing the wrong direction. If he's right here, I mean, where'd the church go? Ah, the church left me. Sure, everyone left. That was crazy. Oh, there you are. Like, follow him. That honors him. That speaks of trust. You're going this way. I'm going this way. You're stopping. I'm stopping. You're, you're stopping for a week. When I want to go, I'm chopping up wood to go. I will stop for a week. I will follow you. That honors God. Number five, Jesus asked to be honored with a thankful and worshiping heart. Psalm 86, verse 12. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God. With my whole heart, I will glorify your name forever. I will honor your name forever. I will exalt and amplify your name forever. So don't answer because this is rhetorical, but still think about it. Answer in your head. How many times a day do you think you tell God thank you? I mean, like really think about it. How many times a day? At what point in your day might you say thank you to the Lord? Would it be like a certain event that would like generate that? Would it be something good that happened? Would it be checking the mail? And it just, at what point and, and how often do we say thank you? Because we see in scripture that those should be among the first words on our lips. I will thank you and I will praise you in the morning. He doesn't have to prove himself to us to thank him. We don't have to wait until he's done something good and kind to us to thank him. We should thank him in the morning. Lord, you are good. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you. And we should thank him throughout the day because gratitude is honoring. And it's so healthy. I'm just letting you guys know it is so healthy. It is so good for us. Like if you're saying like thank you like two or three times a day, man, you're like 30 times short of being like thriving. I mean, I guess hyperbole, but you get my point. Gratitude fills us up. Fills us up. And it honors God. Verse, I'm sorry, not verse, number six, last one. Number six, Jesus asked to be honored with repentance and purity. With repentance and purity. Repentance, what a gift. Repent. It's, it's the Greek word metanoia. Meta meaning change, like metamorphosis. Anoia, speaking of your mind, to change your mind. Because a changed mind results in a changed action. Truly, if we truly have changed our minds on something, action follows. But this word isn't to change your actions, because then it's your work. Now you've done it. You've just changed your mind. You're like, oh, Lord, I've seen this wrong. I asked you earlier to create in me a clean heart, and you, you, you renewed my mind, and I'm seeing this different. I was seeing it this way. Oh, Lord, I was seeing it wrong. I changed my mind. And, and when we believe it, then it results in a changed action. 
called repentance, and it's phenomenal. But it's honoring because it acknowledges you're the brilliant one. I'm pointing up here like he's over here to my left. You're the brilliant one. Jesus, you're the amazing one. You're the healing one. You're the mighty one. You're the beautiful one. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Useful to the master of the house. You guys being useful to our Lord and our master causes us to thrive. Being used by the Lord causes us to thrive. I thrive. Not because of my works, not because of my habits, not because of my discipline. I thrive because of my living life with Jesus. And I just do my best to just do what he says to speak what he says to lead as he says for honorable use so here's the thing are you doing something dishonorable repent and change and stop doing it and if you mess up and do it again then repent agree with him change direction and stop doing it if you mess up again, repent. I mean, that's that's life, right? We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. I'm gonna, my stride's good, and all of a sudden, boom, I, I hit the dirt. I get up. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm with you. It honors him. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you, will bought, you were bought with a price. So honor God in your body. We have to honor him the way that he asks us, the way that he wants us. The result is we're going to thrive. The result is our loving relationship with God, it's going to be tangible and it's going to be real. We're not just going to say, oh, yeah, I love God because I'm, I'm an American and I'm a Christian and I live in Colorado. I mean, yeah, I love God. No, you say, no, I love God because I want to know him. Because he knows me. you guys know as a church right now we will not thrive as a body as this local body of impact rock church if it doesn't begin with profound love for god these ways of honor i'll i'll, I'll tell you right now i'm just going to i'll send out an email this week to the church so if you're not getting our all church um, emails um see andy andy can you wave in the back see andy at the end of the service he'll get you added in so that you're getting those emails. And I'll email these notes to you because these ways of honoring him, man, they're so, it'll cause us to thrive. Let's pray. Lord, you are good. Thank you for being so patient with us. Lord. You're so patient. Your, your mercy is so rich. We just, we love that your mercy doesn't run out on us. That your patience doesn't run out on us. We love that you are persistent. 
and you're wonderfully stubborn the way you stand next to us. We love that you're so generous that even though you tell us what to do that honors you, you do so because you want us to thrive and you know that we will just have joy and peace and purpose and fulfillment when we do these things. So Lord, we thank you that you've just made it clear by speaking these things to us in your word. Lord, help us help us be resolute in walking away from things that are dishonoring and honoring you. In letting go of dishonorable uses and in walking in purity. Purity of thought and heart, action and word. Holy Spirit, we just ask even now you just just do something really cool in each one of our lives. We're not here for us. We're here for you because we want to be changed by you. So even as we are in the final moments of this service, take us to every bit of touch that you desire to give us right now. So with all eyes closed, my eyes are open because I, I want to see if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus and you've never trusted your life in Jesus, but something about this message has stirred hope within you, not that you've been, you know, inspired to this or you've been manipulated into something, but you know in your heart that, that Jesus is real and he is the only way in your life that you can thrive and you've never given your life to him. If you want to say right now, Jesus, I'm calling out to you, save me, come, come to me now and... I give my life to you. With all eyes closed, if that's you, would you lock eyes with me, raise your hand, nod real big, do something to make it obvious that you are giving your life to Jesus right now, not because someone talked you into it, because no one could talk you out of it. Is there anybody? If there's anybody that's watching with us um, on YouTube, on our channel, I don't care when it is or listening to it on our podcast. If you made a decision for Christ today, would you reach out to us? Would you email us at contact at impactrock.com? That, that emails all of our pastoral team, and we will get back to you. We will link arms with you. We will do life with you. We will get you a Bible, and, and we want to celebrate that with you. Lord, I just pray your blessing right now over everyone in this place. Lord, let us leave here inspired of you and only you to good works because you're our good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome day, you guys. Let's come back next week because it's going to be awesome next week. I don't, I don't even know what next week's going to be, but it's always awesome when we're together because we're the church. I'll leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day, my friends.